Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The panel. And the panel this morning consists of uh, Alex Chapman from News Hub and uh, uh, entrepreneur, I should say, and um, master of a, a lot of things too in Jamie Wall, particularly uh, rugby and cricket. Love his thoughts on here. And Jamie, I'll start with you this morning. Uh, uh, we're talking, uh, running out of time here. Last time we spoke, Glenn Moore was the Black Ferns coach. Now he isn't, of course. We've got to find one. Any ideas? Uh, good morning, Smithy. Good morning, Chatters and everyone else. Um, yeah, good question. Um, because last week, yeah, obviously Glenn Moore still had a job, but... Um, you know, there were already rumblings that, you know, that might change in the future. Um, the, the first and most logical name that got sort of put out there was Alan Bunting, who is the coach of the Black Fern Sevens team. And while on the surface that made sense, uh, if you think about it, it's it's probably not as straightforward a pick as you might think. I mean, Bunting did keep, coach the Chiefs Manawa team to a win in Super Rugby Okahi, but that is the only top-level first 15-a-side uh, team that he's, he's ever coached. He's only ever coached sevens. And yes, he has a lot of experience with one, um, but then again, so did Glenn Moore. He, in fact, he won a World Cup with the Black Ferns. So, you know, if you're looking at people who are qualified for this job um, in terms of working with women and who have 15-a-side experience, there's not that many candidates out there. Um, we obviously have all the, the, the guys from uh, who coached in Super Rugby, Opiki, um, but one name uh, that was, I did see an article about this morning um, from Mark Reason, uh, which, which may pop up and may actually cause a bit of a, an issue if he, in fact, does take over as the assistant coach, Wesley Clark, uh, who coached the Hurricanes Power and Super Opio Picky and was an assistant on last year's tour. Um, he is, of course, the husband of uh, Farrah Palmer. Um, and, you know, he, he is probably a guy who would, uh, if, if now, now that Glenmore's going, and I understand uh, his assistant John Haggart uh, is going as well, so there would be a natural promotion for Wes Clark to move into that role. Um, there probably should be a couple of questions asked about, uh, you know, just the the amount of nepotism that is involved in in that coaching setup. So, yeah, other than that, it's not exactly like there's a bunch of people banging down the door to take that job. Mm. So here's an interesting one for me too, Alex, because I think it's becoming a, a matter of urgency for this particular World Cup coming up. So do they make an appointment for six months? In other words, say to someone like a Wayne Smith or a Sir Graham Henry, you've got the role, but it's only a six-month role specifically for one purpose, the World Cup, or do they appoint for longer term, Alex? Yeah, morning, Smithy. Morning, Jadab. Um, I think that's why Alan Bunting will be a part of it. Obviously, he stepped down by being of being the Blackburn Sevens coach because of those demands of Tour and the World Series. Um, the fact that it is a home World Cup, he can spend some time with his family. Wayne Smith's already there, already understands the system. From what we understand uh, at News Hub, what's been reported by our rugby reporter, Ollie Ritchie, is Sir Graham Henry's going to have a bit more of a hands-on role than initially was planned. But as you say, there's a home World Cup later in this year. It's not like they have a mountain of time to establish a, a new style, um, to build a new culture and to develop a brand new team. So it's kind of get to whoever you can in there as quickly as possible, but make sure that they are the best option. 
Okay, let's uh, let's look at then um, at their sisters, uh, the White Ferns. Uh, we've had the World Cup. It's uh, been a while. It's been a while. I haven't heard a peep out of uh, New Zealand cricket, to be fair, with their replacement coach. Yeah, I, I think that's a similar um, issue with them, is they, they want the best candidates, but um, they also want to get it done as soon as possible, because let's not forget that, that, that cricket is returning to the Commonwealth Games, and that's in, what, just over three months' time from starting. So uh, a lot of pressure within New Zealand cricket. From what I understand, they want to reward those within their system, so that's someone like... Um, a Craig Cumming, who's had fantastic success with the Otago Sparks, obviously has a really good relationship with Susie Bates, who is an important voice within that changing room. Um, Jake Oram's obviously spent plenty of time with the White Ferns and was helping uh, Bob Carter with that kind of head coach role towards the end of that World Cup. And the other one, if they do want a, a female head coach, which from what I understand is the preference with New Zealand cricket, is, is Joanne Broadbent, former Australian player, uh, coached New South Wales over in Australia and has been with the Northern Brave here. So, yeah, they they also don't have much time, to be honest, Matty. They, no. they, they also they need to get in as soon as possible, but they need the right person, whether that is within New Zealand where they look overseas, Lisa Cately is another one, the England coach. Um, it's it, it, they're running out of time. They need to get this done as soon as possible. They start going overseas, um, Jamie. They're going to have to spend some bucks because uh, it's a pretty big market out there, and uh, there are a lot of jobs available. And if you want your particular person, uh, you got to pay some some serious money these days, uh, whether it's uh, a male team, a female team, or whatever. Um, so, and that's something New Zealand cricket haven't wanted to do too much over the years. No, you're right. Um, and I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. I, I've been on record on the show before as saying that I don't actually really know what a cricket coach actually does. So, I mean, I, I think that there is a possibility here, um, given the novelty factor of the Commonwealth Games and given how badly they bombed out in the World Cup, there aren't going to be a lot of expectations on this team that they could go for a short-term appointment, um, perhaps someone high-profile, uh, you know, whether they actually want to splash out on someone like Brendan McCullum or someone from the IPL, perhaps, just to kind of get a few more eyes on that team, um, much in the same way that Wayne Smith and Graham Henry are, are, are getting a few more eyes on the Black Ferns and their towards their World Cup later in the year. But like you said... It, it involves money, as does the Blackfriends' job, um, and whether the governing body actually wants to put their hands in their pockets, well, that's, that, it all kind of depends on that. You should have a beer some stage, Jamie, with Ian Chappell. You and him with cricket coaches, I think that'd be a hell of an interesting night. We shall, we shall, we shall, uh, he's of the belief, of course, that coaches take you to the ground and take you back to the hotel so you can have a drink. That's about as far as he goes with cricket coaches, but uh, I think you're on the same wavelength. Uh, we're going to take a, a short break for the news here uh, on SENZ and uh, when we come back, some other issues to deal with. The panel. Uh, Jamie Wall and Alex Chapman uh, with us uh, this morning. Uh, just hearing on the news there from uh, Aroa, Alex, that uh, the Warriors have signed Mitch Barnett for three years, which means they've signed uh, a guy with a fairly checkered, uh, what should we say, um, disciplinary past? <laughs> Yeah, cue the headlines, NRL bad boy signs with Warriors and, and the outrage on social media ensues. Uh, he, he's a good player, there's no doubt about that. It offsets the loss of Ewan Aitken. I just want Fords who are going to actually go forward and allow those exciting backs that the Warriors do have to entertain. 
it, the issue with Barnett is he just needs to stop going to the judiciary. And a lot of the times that he is going to the judiciary, it's for issues that could have been avoided. It's for dumb actions. I think it's half a dozen times in the last five or six years that he's had to go to the judiciary. So um, you, you want that to be avoided. You hope that the Warriors can kind of drum that out of him. But you know, hopefully the likes of Cameron George um, have really looked at him and what he can bring to the table and that it can only really be a positive thing for the Warriors because they're starting to build a fantastic squad for, for 2023. So what this year to worry about this, Smithy? It is. It is another thing for Cameron George to mull over, um, I would imagine. So uh, here we go uh, this weekend, uh, Jamie Waller, and we have got some super rugby trans-Tasman style. Uh, we just spoke to Mertz. He expects that the New Zealand dominance will be pretty much to the fore again. Is, is that the way you're thinking, or can you see a surprise packet or two? Yeah, I really enjoyed that chat with Mertz, and he, he definitely made some good points there. Um, I, I, I think that... Yes, the New Zealand teams will, will probably dominate if they play well, um, but I, I certainly don't think they can just show up and expect them, uh, expect the Aussie teams to just roll over. And I've certainly seen enough out of at least the Hurricanes and Highlanders uh, so far this season that if they show up with the wrong attitude, they're going to get beaten because that's that's what's been happening. To, uh, that's what happened to the Hurricanes against Hawaii Pacifica in a game that they should have won by a lot. And uh, the Highlanders have only managed to win one game. And worryingly for them, they are just finding it really difficult to score points. Uh, so I've seen enough out of the Australian teams to think like, well, you know, they're not, they're definitely not as good as the New Zealand teams. They're going to struggle against the Blues and the Crusaders and to lesser extent the Chiefs. Uh, but I think that they would probably be eyeing up the other three um, including Moana Pacifica as definitely winnable games um, because the the uh, they all need to rotate their squads. Um, they're going to be away from home. Um, and also the other big thing is at the rate that everyone's getting themselves sent off and suspended, uh, they, they're going to be all missing some very good players as the Crusaders are. The Crusaders are missing the captain um, for the next, what's it, five weeks. Uh, so, you know, there's enough bits in there to, to let me... Uh, believe that there could be a, a few upsets on the cards. Uh, and for you, Alex? I'm intrigued to see how the Aussies combat that free-flowing physical side of, of rugby that Moana Pacifica bring to the table. And Jamie's bang on. If, if those Aussie teams can turn up with the right attitude, then the likes of the Highlanders and the Hurricanes can, can be you know staring down the barrel of potentially being Upset. Same with the Aussie teams, though. If if they don't come with the right attitude, Moana Pacifica can turn around and upset them potentially. We saw the Fijian Drua beat the Melbourne Rebels in the preseason and then beat them in the actual competition. So, how how will the Moana Pacifica boys go over there? Bearing in mind they're actually yet to really have a proper tour together. Um, this could do absolute wonders for them. Their coach Aaron Major has talked about how their culture just continues to grow the more time they spend together. Well, if going across the ditch on a plane. You know, you're not going to have a better opportunity than, than that. So go Moana Pacifica. Go on top of some Aussies for us. I think they will. I, I think that uh, their level of physicality, and I think they might have been keeping their powder dry in the last uh, couple of weeks just on this basis, uh, Jamie. I think that uh, of all the, the, the matchups, I think uh, for me the Moana Pacifica ones, I think are going to be uh, some of the most interesting spectacles. Yep, you did right. And I think that's... In a 
the majority of their games at least. Uh, Moana Pacifica's biggest uh, enemy has been themselves. They've been on the wrong end of some shocking penalty counts. Um, they've had guys put in the bin at, at crucial times um, and they've they tossed away a very winnable game against the Highlanders uh, a few weeks back and ended up losing by by 20 points uh, in a game that, you know, they, they were right in uh, at half-time um, and then gave away 10 penalties in a row. So if they can just get the ball book out at training uh, or something um, and just, just improve that stat, they're going to have a really, really good chance against these Aussie teams um, because I think you're right, the style clash is going to suit them quite well. One of the things that uh, just struck me, I was just cast my mind, something about the America's Cup uh, crossed my mind the, the other day, and I was thinking to myself, that iconic piece of commentary, uh, Jamie, going back uh, to the, the, the great PJ Montgomery, and the America's Cup is now New Zealand's Cup. Is it New Zealand's Cup anymore? Oh, absolutely not. Um, I think it's been turned into a, a sham. Um, I have zero interest in it. I haven't um, for a while now because, I mean, just even as a sports fan, I find it, I found it dead boring um, to watch the last two editions. I think it peaked as a spectator sport uh, when they were in San Francisco, not just because of the class of boat that they were racing, but the way that that whole thing unfolded, obviously, Team New Zealand were on the wrong end of that. Um, but since then, it's just been too hard to watch. I'm just, I'm just not... Interested in it, I think Grant Dalton has shown himself to be, uh, you know, a real, uh, I mean, it's the words I want to use to describe him, I can't really say on the radio. Um, and <laughs> it just, y- yachting in general has just given itself a real black eye just over this hosting thing. Um, and and I just I just can't get enthusiastic about it. So no, it's not New Zealand's Cup. Um, I... I, I, I Honestly, I'd, I'd love it if someone just went back in there with a the sledgehammer and smashed the crap out of it again. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, at least you've stayed on the fence on that one. That's cool. What about you, Alex? <laughs> I'm going to just watch him climb the top rope and observe. Uh, I think there's always going to be some, <laughs> some sort of public interest. I, I was driving into work yesterday, and that's about a eight, ten-minute drive and saw three people in separate groups wearing Team New Zealand jackets. The the issue I've had with it in the last few years is the fact that, um, A, they insist on their sponsor being included in everything from marketing campaigns to the Halberg's finalists list and the fact that that um, sponsor in question isn't even a New Zealand company in the form of Emirates. So that's what's kind of tarnished for me. The, the, the real shame with Team New Zealand is they're now being painted with this, this brush of negativity, which is a shame because, A, we have that, that fantastic history. Obviously, as you mentioned to me, the, the, the beautiful calls of PJ Montgomery over the years. Um, and there's some, some really good human beings as well on that boat, the likes of Burling and Chuke. Um, have done wonders for this country. You have to wonder, though, at what stage does the America's Cup become like Formula One? And we've we've seen it with SailGP with the likes of Phil Robertson, who a New Zealand sailor, went and sailed for the Spanish team last year and then is sailing for, I think, the Canadian team for the upcoming um, SailGP. So at what stage does it become that? For now, though, I think there will always be some sort of New Zealand engagement to the America's Cup, but that's just more to, to do with history than what's actually happening at the moment. Uh, early in the week, uh, fellas, we had a, a bit of a poll as to 
um, your favourite sporting event. Um, and, and I just wonder uh, if I gave you tickets, I gave you option of tickets to something to start this weekend or, or finish this weekend, Jamie. Well, what would what would be the one thing you would like to go and see if, if you had uh, the availability of tickets and flights, etc., this weekend? Oh, that's happening um, this weekend? Uh, I mean, I no, do no, like the idea that, of the no, super odds, anything. Yeah, to anything. Anything in general? Um, oh, well, yeah. I, 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 my, my, my mind goes straight to the Hong Kong Stadiums. Uh, I've, uh, I've been there before, and it was easily uh, the best sporting event I've ever been to, mainly because you could buy a super jug full of any sort of liquor you wanted uh, combined with anything else you wanted, and... Uh, all for the low, low price of about forty New Zealand dollars. So I would, def- and they have a KFC in the stadium. Um, so I, <laughs> yes, the Hong Kong Sevens and you boys are coming with me because oh. it's great. It's absolutely yeah. yeah, you got me on those products. I, I tell you that I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Alex, what about you? <laughs> God, you really sold it, Jamie. You should get a, a job with World Rugby on you know, their commercial team. Uh, I, I was, like you, really lucky enough to be in Melbourne for Boxing Day Test a couple of years ago, and, and while the result didn't go the Black Caps way, I still think that was um, one heck of a trip. And, and to be honest, a lot of the time with sporting events, it, you know, it's going to go really cheesy and emotional here, but it's it who you're with. Um, and, and I think as long as you're with good people and you're having a good time, then you can probably go to any sporting event and enjoy yourself. So, go on, Hong Kong Sevens, you're in charge of booking tickets, Jada. All good, bro. I'm cool. on it. Okay. <laughs> it's unanimous. It's unanimous. Uh, fellas, thanks very much for your time this morning. Jamie Wall and Alex Chapman, been fun. Enjoyed it. We'll have uh, another panel uh, tomorrow morning uh, around about the same time. It is. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.